This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. For boosted same game pilots, live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need. Bet 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions do apply, and we're also brought to you by the DGen Dance. Our March Madness bankroll contest is back. Free to enter and $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we've got the first half under bingo. Enter both contests at SGPN app. All right, DGens, welcome back to the Players Recap, Valspar Championship Preview. It's your boy, Boston Capital, with the God of Golf. So, Steve Shermer, Steve, how you feeling, buddy? You know, honestly, a little better than uh, I thought I was going to feel. I had, I had, uh, did something today, uh, one of my favorite pastimes I'll get into a little bit, okay. uh, that actually turned my tournament around. Uh, otherwise, a lot of my tournament calls were pretty crappy. Uh, apologize for that. Uh, I had to scramble in tournament. Uh, I did okay, though. So a um, couple other guys in the Discord channel got on something we'll talk about a little bit. But, uh, yeah, listen, it's uh, I'm in a much better mood, uh, despite the fact that gambling on golf is uh, no longer fun. It is no longer fun. Right? Like, I shared a text with you uh, that my buddy sent me when he said, hey, did you have Scotty? I said, no, I picked two other fucking losers. He's like, I was like, I have better numbers. He's like, 10 to 1? He's like, you fucking gambling, or are you trying to hit scratch-offs? And I was like, ah. Okay, yeah, that puts it in perspective. Aren't I the fucking moron, especially as somebody who wanted to bet Scotty this week and decided to bet two losers who couldn't fucking win. So, yeah, yeah, fucking, and I and I pulled them out of both my one and dones fucking last minute because like let me at least get some leverage, let me at least get some Scotty exposure. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, nah, fuck it, no, let's go with Morikawa and Hovland. Well, Hovland, Hovland did okay. Yeah, Hovland did fine. But well, when you, I mean, when one point seven million, Scott, like it is what it is. Yeah, but when you had Scotty in until yeah. like fucking twelve fifty eight the night before, fuck. Yeah. Well, uh, I I uh, made some bad takes about Scotty uh, for the week. Uh, that's the last time I listened to uh, a pothead golfer who no longer is on the PGA Tour. Yeah, uh, fuck you, Matt Every. Yeah, not not great. Uh, the fact that Morikawa came out in almost first round lead and then uh, shuffled it well. Really bad take about the faders don't do well at Sawgrass. Uh, not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I can't believe I didn't hit the first round lead with Morikawa. Because uh, after you texted me that, I was like, there's no fucking way. I can't not fucking play him in the first round lead. He wasn't on my official card. But, yeah. I was like, oh, that's uh, that's." Not oh, when, that's when I mentioned I wouldn't be surprised that he's first round lead. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, because it was ideal scoring conditions. Yeah. Within 30 seconds, I bet that after you texted that. Yeah, I know. So uh, where do you want to go here first? Do you want to talk about Scotty? Yeah, let's talk about Scotty. I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, the guy's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is just, he's so cool and calm and collected. Like, Mm -hmm. there is, he's unflappable. Unflappable. It's fucking, it's crazy. He is, it sucks when he's like this because you just know no one's going to catch him. You're not going to catch him. And a little bit of when he bogeyed the second, and then what did he he birdied eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it like, oh, okay, guess that's over. Yeah, like, I mean, th- there was a brief point where the tournament got fun because yeah. I we both had Hovland and Hatton. Yep. And I, there was a two shot sequence where Hot where Hatton I think stuck it to I think like five feet on like six or seventeen. Seventeen. And. Yeah. Hovland made a giant putt on 13 to get to 10 under. And I was yep. like, all right. Yeah, At that all right. point, Scotty's kind of scuffling a little bit. Like yep. 
I personally have witnessed that before. The fact that I was on him for the tournament, uh, 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 tour championship, he blew a six shot lead. Yeah. So that was actually kind of my optimism heading in. Now, unfortunately, a lot of our chasers were eight back at that point, And there was a lot of real losers between, uh, them and, uh, uh, Scheffler. But yeah, like it, it, it's as soon as he chipped in, oh. it's just like, all right, well, that's a wrap at that yeah, point. I think I texted you that he's got the hand of God touching him and, he had been four <laughs> breweries in a row, and he was just on cruise control the rest of the way. He did exactly what he did the Masters. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, he did, took all the all the safe shots. He got aggressive where he needs to get aggressive, and that was it. I mean, it was really smart golf. Like, I mean, he bailed out so far right on 18. It was fucking hilarious. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the dude is just – he's boring as fuck. I call him milk toast. Like, I get it. His grandmother followed him around. Great story. Please don't show me again. 40 fucking times. I know the grandmother was following him around. Like, well, the, well, that, well, that's what I was just about to ask you. Do you enjoy watching Scotty play golf? Um, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I, guess. I mean, just call I, him boring, though. But his personality is fucking boring. Like, it's so boring. Like, he is just such a bore. <laughs> like, I, th- but, I, I think his play is kind of boring. Just the fact that he just does everything so well and automatically. I never well. feel like, like you get to like a speed or like, um, like a patch agreement, like a patch agreement yeah. done PJ tour. It's like, all right, yeah. what the hell is he going to do now? Like, how's he going to yeah. get out of this situation again? Yeah. Exactly. And Sky's like, Oh, it's a fairway. Yeah. Oh, he stuck to the 15 feet. Yep. Oh, he missed a pot because you know, Sometimes he miss pots. Oh, he chipped in. That's that's cool. Yeah. All right, that's exciting. Yeah. So would he hold out fucking three times this week? Uh I don't know. It was kind of yeah. all aboard at that point. Ridiculous. Yeah. Man. Fuck. And, and well, I do so I, I guess I like watching him just because he is insanely good at what he does. And the the drive to me is so insane with the fucking footwork. Like, how does this work? You know what I mean? Like it's just right. it, it's wild. Like, like no golf, nobody who teaches golf would ever teach like his swing plane and all this other shit. And that's what, that's what makes that part about it. Cool. You know what I mean? Like it's a little unconventional. It's like Rob's like, you know, half back swing, uh, you know, like little stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. He is, uh, I mean, it is boring. There's no, you'll, you'll get your, you get your chip in and shit like that, but he's not taking any hero shots. He's not, he's not doing any Bubba shit, like shaping the ball and moving it fucking 40 feet. He's not even doing anything like JT does. He just does the good things consistently. And Yeah. Super fun, ten to one, yay! Like I'm just like, I, like, what are we doing for the masses? I'm just gonna bet Scotty and fucking Ron and call it a day. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Like what? End of show. There's your preview, boys. That, well, here, well, here you go. This is your uh, your narrative. You know, Rom got a uh, food poisoning, and uh, oh, that's right. Got withdrew from the with uh, withdrew from the players. He's gonna absolutely win the Masters, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Like, like, how bad was the fucking food poisoning that he had to withdraw? I mean, look, I had a stomach bug a couple weeks ago, and it was pretty bad. So yeah. I can only imagine that, like, I don't really want to be out there in, you know, A-degree sun, windy, like, and thinking about if I'm going to crap my pants uh, after I hit a shot. <laughs> So. Yeah, I made the joke. Uh, there's a place around the corner called Pussers, and they do like 25 cent like oyster night. Oh, and I was like, uh oh, I was like, uh oh, he must he must have went and got some of those Pussers oysters. Probably. How how was how upset was the golf gambling community with uh, the round withdraw? Uh, I'm pretty tilted, I guess. Like, yeah. I mean, the people who haven't won and done were fucking furious. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> whoops. 
Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. Just you know, I guess I just uh, golf Twitter is always angry about something, so nothing really stands out. Does that yeah. make sense? Like they're always angry about something. I mean, I, I was tilting on Friday. That was just a cherry on top. Uh, things were not really going too well, and the leaderboard kind of just suggested that things weren't going too well. I think for the entire <laughs> golf gambling community, considering yeah. all the kind of bums, bums that bums were at the top. Um, it, remember when I talked about how accuracy was really going to matter this week? Yep. And literally, like, all those, like, all they do is just hit fairway guys. Like, they kind of suck. They're yep. losers. But all they do is hit fairways. Like, your Bazane Hoots and, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, like, your uh, Chad Ramey. Like, like all, literally all the guy can do is hit a fairway. Everything else kind of stinks. I felt, ba- I felt bad for him on 17 on um, Friday or Saturday, whatever yeah. it was. It's Friday. It's Friday. Oh, God. I just felt bad for him at that point. I know. Because I, te- I texted, ha-ha, bye, Buckley, and then he did it again. And I was like, ugh. Now I just feel bad. I mean, battle back for a T13. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's, okay. uh, he's probably going to keep his card at this point. So, a, Although, they, you know, he he won last year, so he's going to keep it anyway. So it's yeah. There. Just a redneck from, like, Mississippi who plays on, like, a nine-hole course, apparently. That's fucking – that's that's different anyway. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like, you had a guy like Ben Griffin do well up there. Yeah. That's cool to see. Chalk, um, chalk Griffin. Insane. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't bring up the fact that you do what he did and that uh, he decided to play mini golf. Because yeah, I, like, like, I, I forgot. You decided to go do a podcast. You know, so you guys yeah, are exactly. parallel, uh, you know. Exactly. Three. I love how he's like, oh my God, this job is so fucking bad. He lasted like 90 days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he played pretty good. He kind of stalled out a little bit on the weekend, but. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, listen, it's a cool story. Continues Ooh. playing really well. Um, yeah, you know, that's pretty good. Uh, all right, so other cash the six to cash the six to one fucking top twenty on him. No, he didn't finish in top twenty. I thought he finished T thirteen. He hit in the water on, oh, on eighteen, and he finished T thirty five. Nice, perfect. I, I my my accounts are so bad, I haven't even gone and looked. Okay, no, no, because there's a guy in Discord that uh, cursed out Ben Griffin uh, for that very fact. <laughs> Uh, I mean, so the so the leaderboard ended up shaking out. I mean, all the big name big names kind of emerged at the top of that, you know, like second for Hatton. He yeah. made a good run, dude. That, uh, did you see that shot on eighteen? Uh, I did. That oh. was pretty good. Fucking pretty, pretty, nuts, pretty good. Dude. No, because <laughs> I I wondered if Hatton would be a guy that would be like a chaser because it seems like every single year there's guys who chase on Sunday. We had a couple. You had Hobbin, you had Hideki Homa for a little bit until he hit in the water. Yeah, uh, and Hatton was that guy. I, I didn't think he had it in him, but yeah, we literally talked about it, didn't we? We literally said, "Can he chase? Can he go on a birdie run on a Sunday?" I yeah. believe was like the quote. Yeah, like Hatton, <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. Hatton couldn't buy a putt on Saturday. Hotland also lost three strokes putting on Saturday, and then he played pretty good. Although, I mean, the around the green game, it it wasn't horrible, but it, it, it still cost him definitely on on Thursday or on Friday. Yep. Absolutely. So, I mean, look, like you're never gonna finish for Hovland. Uh, you wonder when he's gonna win, though. I know, it, like, like a real tournament, not not in like Mexico or Puerto yeah. Rico. Well, I mean, look, this is a this is another. He showed up at the Open, right? And mm-hmm. so he showed up here. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing for Homa. Homa showed up here up until he put yes. the put the ball in the water. So that's a that's a good sign for him going into major season. So mm-hmm. I think that's like the the good takeaway I, I took away from them. Like, all right, these are guys that I can consider. Um, in, in these stronger field events, because home has a terrible uh, track record at majors. But I mean, this is a stud field, and yeah, man, I mean, one unlucky bounce. You know, he would have finished. Where did he end up finishing anyway? He finished. Um, uh, I think uh, T six. Yeah. 
Yeah, fifty six at the players. Like, uh-huh. yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, like for a guy who you we only used to really play over in California. Now he's yeah. playing, you know, Southeast golf courses pretty well. Uh, Azinger made a point too. They're actually showing uh, Hovland on the uh, the practice bunkers. And I remember going, when I went okay. to Augusta, I watched him at uh, Augusta, and actually what Azinger said was actually pretty good. So Hovland said, said to, no one ever. I know. Well, so Hovland actually used to sit, stand straight up in the bunkers, and now he's actually squatting, and that's actually helped him a lot. So he he's working Makes on sense. it. So that's 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 encouraging. I mean, it's still not perfect, but it's right. it's definitely better than what it was. So if he continues doing that, because that's the only part of his game he lost strokes this week. Uh, yeah. I mean, no no one was being Scotty. It doesn't matter, but. Uh, let's say Scotty also got food poisoning uh, for being in the same group as Rom. Uh, you know, I mean, that would have been a pretty close call at the end. So oh, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. Uh, let's see. Any other? Any guys? You uh... Morikawa sucks. Okay, sucks. So you, let's just get let's get into fake, go, go on your rant. Fake major wins. Like I don't care. There was no crowds. There was no crowds. This was the COVID year. No crowds. No, he we, won. He won St. George at crowds. Yeah. No. No wind. Perfect. Fine. No wind. Perfect conditions. Yeah. Right. Can't putt. Can't fucking putt it in the ocean. Like unbelievable. Like this. Everybody scored on Saturday. Everybody except for Morikawa. Like, ah, fuck this guy. Like, I'm done putting money on him. Done. Done. What's what's discouraged about Morikawa was you just kind of hit the nail on the head. That was ideal, perfect scoring conditions for him to make it. And I actually laid a giant bet on Morikawa, his in round score on round two, which thankfully hit because he actually did hit some clutch putts down the stretch. He was terrible. He did oh, not have it that day. And then in ideal scoring conditions, when everybody's going, you know, five under, six under, Tom Hoagie shoots course record at that point. Course record. Like, you can't shoot even par. And it wasn't just, like, the putter was bad on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, around the green, too. And he was loose with his irons. Everything. Yeah, he, he lost strokes around the green. He only gained .1 with his irons. He lost half a stroke off the tee. That's no. a miserable round for Colin Morikawa in perfect conditions. Perfect conditions. Saturday was the best day. Like yeah. the best day. Like it was beautiful out Saturday. Like I, I, I was outside like doing yard work. I was like, oh, this is nice. I was like, go, go knock this out now before it gets fucking hot. Yeah. Um, he caught a giant break being on that wave on Friday and then they stopped playing because it was not great weather. And then they came no. out on, the, on Saturday morning no. and it was cold, but there was a breath of wind at that point. Right. And he no. just, he didn't have it that day. Uh, he didn't, I mean, he, he kind of had it today. He screwed up, I think, on hole number 10. 10, yeah. Uh, that was ugly, but. Yeah, it's 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 pretty discouraging that he started the tournament seven under, and that's exactly where he finished up. Yeah. I'm uh out for a while. Xander with the most BS backdoor top twenty. You know, it's yeah. it's up there. Yeah. It's up there. You know, kudos to him though. He was plus four early in the tournament. He did battle back. He did. Uh same thing with Shane Lowry. He almost cashed the top three for me. He he grinded. Uh Will's out Torres did not though. He started out ugly. He, he grinded to make the cut. But he always oh, stinks now. He stinks. He stinks. I, I'm in the. I'm in the. Everyone stinks mode. Okay. Uh, Everyone. How about JT? Does he stink? He also stinks. Yes. Unless it's bad weather. He yeah. is another one who can't putt. I am sick of fucking having money on people who can't putt. It is too fucking stressful, it's, and I get too angry. Like it's uh, it's unbelievable. Like how bad he is at putting. What, what the fuck? What, how is he that bad at putting? Change your putter. I heard somebody on PGA Tour radio last week say he plays with like one of the least forgiving putters on tour. Hey, JT, you can't make a putt. Maybe fucking go to what Rom uses. Jesus Christ. Like, what is he, what is he thinking? Unbelievable. It, so might, it might be time for the arm lock, too, I think, with him. 
Yep. Oh, yeah. Those those too. short putts were pretty rough. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I it, 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 it doesn't look like, 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 Spieth looked like he had the absolute yips, like, over those short putts. <laughs> like, it just looks like JT just hasn't seen anything. Right. He's everything. Everything is, if I'm correct, I think everything's missing high. Like, almost yeah. every one of them is missing fucking high. Yeah. See, he, he's, push, he's pushing his putts a little bit. Uh, so I didn't see enough of Zalatoris to actually know, but I just know Zalatoris. He, he, sure he wasn't good. I mean, five over today, 73rd yeah. place finish. Not good. Great. Thanks. Not thanks, good. Thanks for coming, Will. Uh, all right. So what I did in the Discord today to actually save my ass, uh, I did my favorite pastime of hammering a book when they lay really stupid round props. Yep. Uh, so a book hung... On all the scrubs, that that was actually the the blessing. This guy, it was actually kind of the perfect storm for me to take advantage. Right. So, uh, really bad players at the top. Uh, not a great weather forecast when they're going to tee off, and a book that was asleep at the wheel. And they're all hanging at score odds of seventy half on like Aaron Rye, seventy one and a half on Min Woo Lee, uh, seventy and a half on Denny McCarthy. I was paying a little juice on it, but. Yeah. So I have taken basically almost everybody in the last five or six groups, threw in Dylan Wu in there randomly as well. He was also 71 okay. and a half. I was getting plus money. Um, you know, not great that my dad mushed uh, the Scotty no, Scheffler uh, yeah. last putt. Uh, there was a guy in Discord also laid a very heavy bet on the winning score at either 16 under or worse or 17 under or better, and it came down to that putt. Ugh. Not great. Ugh. But uh, unfortunately, he hits it, but I went, that was 10 and 2. On, uh, on those guys. Nice. Yeah, it uh Tom Hoagie ended up uh, burning a couple holes down the stretch, but uh everybody blew up on uh, uh 17, which is great, including Taylor Montgomery. Yeah, uh, that was looking a little nervy at that point. Uh Cameron Davis, I need him to finish actually par or worse, and uh putting him in the drink on uh 17 was great. Yep. So yeah, I didn't have access to that. when you texted me that last night. I was like, fuck, I don't have access. So I checked this morning. Yeah, but uh, but overall, not a very good uh betting tournament for me. My pre-tournament card was a disaster. I apologize. But it seems like everybody's was a mess just considering who was on the lead. I mean, the the names we expected to emerge did not emerge until today. Right, correct. So, you know, it is what it is. And then, uh, all right, lastly, uh, do you want to get a Rory ran off or uh, are you just you're good with uh Whatever, he sucks. Like, he's he's just, he, he I think uh, CP put it out on Twitter, like he doesn't need to be mentioned in the same sentence as Ram and Scheffler right now. He's not playing anywhere near as well as they are. Not even close. Like, he's just not. So, should we start fading Rory when there's like big PGA two board like administrative news? <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad. It's not a bad look. And then you know, I mean, keep an eye on him if he gets to bring his driver back because he was crying about his fucking equipment. Well, um, we, which I love. <laughs> all right, all right. You know, the, yeah. did I explain to you yeah. properly like yeah, a five-year-old yeah, why he... Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you did, but I don't care. He's still crying about his equipment. I'm okay, sure. well, well, if he brings back that driver, he's going to get DQ'd because he can't use it. <laughs> but why... I don't understand why that... He was able to use it before. Is it like... Uh, like the technology is... Now, now suspect. <laughs> should I should I actually explain to you like a five-year-old? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when Xander got popped for his driver being uh like it uh the yeah, CT yeah. test, the coefficient of yeah. uh yep. something. Basically, it's how springy the ball is off the face of a driver, and over time, as you hit it enough, it gets thinner and thinner. Yeah, and your driver becomes hot. So his uh... driver got too hot, and he wouldn't pass that test. You know, if they tested it. Uh, which would have mean either remove it or you're DQ'd. That's nice. why he had to remove it from the bag. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So no, it, it's sense. a different situation than Bryson just saying Cobra sucks. 
That's fair. He's still whiny. And like, whatever. I, Rory's such a tool. He's such a tool. Okay. Like, okay. Apparently, uh, Reddit agrees with you, but I think there's a lot of lib bots on, uh, on Reddit. Uh, they were saying <laughs> yeah, just, very similar comments as you do right there. Well, listen, I'm not a lib bot. I just, uh, I just don't like Rory. I don't. Okay. I'm like, I don't know. He was just, uh, I mean, you had a, that was a great take. You made an SGP? Yeah. You, know, you, scared, you scared off uh, Kramer, off Rory, and I knew a guy who got stomach flu. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, I think uh, they had. A, I think they had a very negative experience with golf, considering Kramer had Rom in his DFS lineup, and uh, poor Sean very carefully goes into the golf Discord at like midnight last night and knows that we're very sensitive about mushing, and just says Tommy Fleetwood is in fourth place, and then Tommy was terrible today. <laughs> I was I was concerned that that little sentence was going to cost me that top 40. Thank you, Tommy, for putting it, you know, keeping it together. He grinded. He grinded, He, man. Gr- he grinded for a 70, 76 or 75 or whatever he did. Hey, man, he, he got it done for you. It, he, was, it, he was fire yesterday. It is. Um, all right, I got, I got nothing else. Congrats, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Mayo, so you're not on Twitter, so Mayo fucking put a really funny tweet. It was a picture of Tommy, and it was, Tommy needs to take one for the team. And needs to go ahead and go to go to a store, get a robe, and go and go to Scotty and tell him his father doesn't want him to play golf anymore. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yeah!" That's a, funny. It's really funny. I died. What's funny? I like that. Yeah, it was a good one. All right. Yeah. No. I mean, whatever. Good. Good tournament. I guess. Whatever. Yep, and now we're going to uh, so, no the pace of play. Can we talk about the fucking pace of play? I mean, what, what is there? What is there left to say though? It, like, why won't they put these guys on a clock? Why? Because because they're scared of them. Oh my god! I mean, Dude. they make the excuse that if everybody's playing slow, then actually everybody's on time. I guess. Well, this is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It was it three hours for nine holes on fucking Friday? Yeah, and I I mean they didn't even finish round one, and it was perfect weather conditions. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. It's so bad. These guys take so fucking long, and you don't even see it on TV when you go to the tournament. Like you'll see, like just just the the. Ch- Fucking bullshit. They take 9,000 practice swings. They fucking talk to their caddy for fucking six and a half minutes. Like, it is absurd. Yeah. It's it's fucking crazy. I mean, I, I managed to see you on uh, over text, but I think uh, Liv would get a lot of uh, good publicity if they stole a, sh- a shot clock. They, they would, but Liv's too stupid to do anything good. So No, and, they, like, and the, but, the guy, those guys would complain anyways. But that would be, listen, like, you know, maybe this is a half-baked idea. Uh, first guy to hit. Gets 40 seconds to hit. Next two, get 20 seconds after the guy hits. Yeah. yeah. Get your number. Get your club. Figure out what spot of the green you want to go to. And let's go. It doesn't. Five minutes a shot is fucking ridiculous. It's it, absurd. It like, is. It, it's crazy. It is. And I, honestly, there's no reason why these guys can't do it probably in 60 seconds. And especially if you're waiting for another guy, too. Like, you got to yeah. be prepared to that. Be ready. Ready golf, motherfucker, just like we yeah. do on the weekends. Let's go. Like, I you know. should have your number. Have club. Let's go. Listen, but like like the broadcasts and nothing's really going to change. This has been a problem for years on the PGA Tour that does not seem like it's going to be addressed. Um, we just got to kind of suffer through it. It's at least now we're in daylight savings time where, you know, it doesn't. You know, the sun's going to set an hour later, <laughs> so we're probably not going to have that problem as much anymore. But uh, I don't know. I might be actually now on the side that I kind of like seventy uh, man events because we're not going to have this problem anymore. It'll just take seven hours, and they'll wrap it up in one day. But, I can't believe you know. with the fucking with the no cut, man. The no cut. We haven't really talked about that. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I. This is the podcast to do it. Uh, that's fine. When 
But yeah, we can bring it. We can bring it up somewhere else. My dogs are going fucking nuts. Maybe, maybe tomorrow, because I don't think there's really much time about with DFS. So maybe, maybe tomorrow we cover it. So yeah, that's fine. All right, why don't we uh, take a quick break and then I will start breaking down uh, in this brook. Copperhead, right? Yeah, the Copperhead corset in this brook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, okay. I was just making sure. I was, oh, yeah. You know me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in my home state of Massachusetts and tons of other states. Be on the lookout for WinBet when I hour each thursday from 5 to 6 p.m eastern during win bet win hour my key games of the week will have better odds on win bet giving you a larger payout opportunity and march madness is here there's so many ways to bet on the big dance sign up today to receive a special offer you bet 100 bucks you get 100 bucks it is limited to state availability and of course for our dgens only if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week you get a thousand dollar free credit there's so much to choose from and all you gotta do is head over to uh, winbet.com or download the winbet app offer is subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in state where playthrough winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and march madness starts this week it's st patty's day week march madness week it's going to be a good week so listen the dgen dance uh, our march madness bank roll Contest is back. It's free to enter, and $1,000 in cash prizes are up for grabs. Plus, we've got our first half under bingo where you can win an SGPN gift card. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. Listen, I, you know, I don't, the only sports I really bet on are hockey and golf, and then obviously football. Uh, and so, but I will be doing the blind first half unders March Madness. It's, uh, it's great. It's the best. When are the Bucks going to wise up on that, by the way? I don't know. It's been like three years. They haven't done it yet. So, all right. I mean, you got to think about it. What, like, what a small population of like gambling Twitter does it versus all your normies who fucking bet overs regardless. That's you true. Know what I'm saying, yeah, it's probably it's probably my round uh, round overs uh, today. Probably not a big market price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 There's not a whole lot of liability. Yeah. 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 I'm the I'm the crazy one at eleven o'clock going over 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 over. over. <laughs> Okay. That's the one thing I miss about having a, a shady offshore because those are the ones where I could get that type of God, shit. God, you and I hammering uh, oh. at Kiowa and Augusta. Kiowa. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> so good. Good times. Hey, baby. Good hey, times. hey, you think they're going to shoot under par when it's 35 mile per hour uh, wins at one of the hardest golf courses in America? Okay. 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 All right. I will. Over. I will. I will oh, you're going to be plus money on this? <laughs> Let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's talk about the Valspar. So, you know, it, it's kind of nice to get on this show sometimes to talk about, I mean, because we talk about a lot of, like, Pete Dye golf courses, Arnold Palmer's necklaces, yeah. like, like a lot of, like, the names you hear a lot. We're going to talk about a guy that you don't really hear a lot because, honestly, he really only has, like, one big golf course. It's about a guy named Larry Packard. And uh, he's a man for my own heart. The dude loves agronomy. Like, he loves agronomy so much that uh, he started his own landscaping company. And apparently, the uh, back around World War II, the U.S. military caught wind about this. And what they want, they, they thought his work was so good that they wanted him to plant grass alongside each uh, runway on the airstrip there. And he did a wonderful job. He really, uh, you know, mastered his craft there. Uh, everything, you know, paid attention to detail. Did a really good job. He also developed a lot of really cool uh, camouflaging techniques for the air bases. No. That um, it actually sometimes pilots would actually miss uh, the airbase. <laughs> so it seemed like it's pretty good. Yeah. So it seemed like that old Larry was probably going to have a nice cushy job in the U.S. military service uh, through his career. But 
after World War II, decided not to do that. He wanted to go back to his roots, and uh, he started getting the golf course architecture. So he ended up uh, getting tutored under a guy named Robert Bruce Harris. Um, don't know the who most, he is. That's the most golf name ever. I mean, I, I mean, I can only think, I mean, maybe he uh, betrayed William Wallace, uh, you know. That, that, what, what's funny is that actually, it must be Bruce, because that's what went through my head. Robert the Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then over the next 50 years, he had a very long uh, career. Uh, he built over 350 golf courses, most of them around the Chicago area. But uh, the Copperhead course at Innisbrook, uh, that's his biggest golf course and most well-known, because that's where they host the PGA Tour events. Uh, every single year. So there's a couple of interesting features about it. Um, and just to describe, if you've never seen this thing before, um, very tight, very tree-lined, very narrow, uh, lots of dog legs. Literally every hole has some sort of dog leg on it, except for number 10. That's pretty much straight away. Um, but he really wanted to emphasize positional plotting target golf as golf course. Uh, what's also unique about it too is that even though it's in Florida, it's actually got some elevation changes to it. Now it's not like extreme, right? But on some holes, like a 25 foot elevation change from the tee box up to the green is pretty significant for Florida. And there's a lot, it's huge, for yeah. And there's a lot of that. It's actually a very good piece of land. And then, you know, the one thing he's really well known for though is the double dog leg. That is actually his creation. So okay. uh, and it's on full display on hole number 14, the par five. It's 590 yards. So. Before all these advancements in technology and kind of changing, you know, guys changing how they play, this was a true three-shot hole. Basically, you'd have to hit a three-wood to about 260 yards in the middle of the, the middle of the dog leg, then hit another like 200-yard shot to the middle of the other dog leg, and then you set up like a wedge into the green. Right. Now, if you're out of position, like if you're in the rough or um, you know behind a tree, then yeah, this is a three-shot hole. There are a lot of guys. You look back at the shot trackers, especially some of the longer guys. You can cut the corner on this. Uh, on that hole now, you can take it over the trees, and then if you hit a nice, you'll have about you know maybe two sixty to the pin if you cut the, the other dog leg. Yeah. Now there's risk. There's a pond in front of the green on on uh, on there. There's also out of bounds uh, to the left there, so we hit a really terrible shot. I mean, you're not usually aiming over there, so you're probably not going to hit OB. Yeah. But you know, it this hole has become a little bit antiquated, but it still is pretty tough. Uh, we'll get to some of the par fives later. That collectively they're they're pretty tough on the PGA Tour. So. Uh, you know, so overall, this is usually a very tough scoring tournament. Uh, from 2013 to 2019, the Wayne score only eclipsed uh, past Mize 10 once. I think that was by Adam Hadwin, I think, in 2013. Hmm. Um, but normally, though, in the last two years, it's played a lot easier. Uh, Sam Burns got there at 17 under. Uh, I know, I think it played collectively about like 0.8 under par last year. Uh, but a year before that, I played around par. Usually, it's around like half a stroke over par to like over like a stroke over par. So they did make a couple changes. Uh, I think they recognized that they didn't really like the trend of guys just kind of either bombing gouging this place or just scoring pretty well. So uh, they grew up the rough this year. You know, normally it's it's only three inch rye overseeded rough, and now it's three and three quarters inches. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit if that's going to actually uh, have any impact on anything. They also took the rough around the green and they brought it closer to the green. So, you know, there used to be about like six, seven feet of like intermediate cut that if you miss a green, it would kind of collect into there. And then you have your ryegrass cut. Now the rough is only about two feet from the putting surface. So okay. basically if you miss a green, it's going to go right into the rough, which I don't really enjoy. I mean, you kind of see that like Murfield village or you see mm. that like Bay Hill, like, 
I kind of like it when balls is like you see this week at TBC Sagas where it kind of rolls into a collection area. You don't really know where it's going to go. This is just, okay, you miss a green, it's in the rough. So, but that is how they wanted the golf course to get to be tougher. Now, is that really going to work? I don't really know. Um, You know, it kind of remains to be seen. There there are some other factors this week that we can talk about um, that I think is going to allow it to actually go back to playing really tough. Okay. So, um, so why don't we kind of get into some of it and then we'll take another little, uh, little break. So why don't we talk about the yardage of, about, uh, about the copperhead. So it plays 7,340 yards. Uh, there's five par threes and let's talk about those first. So they're very long, uh, 80. Uh, so it's hole number four, eight, 13, 15, 17. So collectively there are, uh, 20 par threes in the entire tournament. 80% of them or 16 of 20 play over 175. Yeah. Uh, there's one that played 244 last year. Gross. Uh, I think what, three, five, six play over 215 yards. Very long par threes. And I mean, they they play tough. They are the 10th toughest uh, par threes on the PGA, which actually seems like they should be tougher given their length. But they also do a pretty good job utilizing different tee boxes. Sometimes they'll move them up. Sometimes they'll move them back. Uh, you know, they kind of keep these guys on their toes. Like, for example, um, hole number eight usually played around like 225. One day they put it at 195. Just kind of mix it up there. Or uh, hole number 15 played as short as 167 and played as long as 225. So they just tend to mix it up. But these are generally pretty tough par threes. Um, as far as the par fours, again, Pretty tough, historically. Uh, they're the ninth toughest on the PG Tour. But they're not overly long. So 75% of the par fours are between 400 and 450 yards. That's a pretty high concentration. Uh, only about 14% from 350 to 400. None under 350. Uh, and only two last year in the entire tournament that played over 450 yards. And the longest was 465. So sometimes we get to golf course like Torrey Pines or Bay Hill where you get these like 475, 480 mm-hmm. monsters and all these par fours are kind of pretty short, but as we'll talk about with off the tee, they tend to handcuff you a whole lot. You're not using driver a lot. That can, that that basically keeps some of the approach shot distances uh, pretty, you know, relatively long. Yeah. Uh, also, there's going to be pretty thick rough. They're narrow fairways, so you know you kind of got to plot along, play positional golf with them, set up a good, you know, a nice, you know, mid iron to the green from the fairway usually, and then the par fives. Um, they're actually the second toughest on the PGA tour. Really? Uh, guys only get average about minus 0.2 under par. And I played a little mm-hmm. better last couple of years on them, but think about it. It's very narrow corridors. Usually they're very dog lagged. Um, you know, trees flanking everything. If you're rattling around the trees, you're basically punching out. Yeah. So, and you know, we'll talk about the greens are very small as well. So it's, you know, you don't, you're not hitting a whole lot of birdies there. Um, you know, but as guys have gotten a little longer off the tee, it's become a little easier. For example, I just mentioned hole number 14. You can cut the corners uh, to make it a true two-shot hole. Otherwise, for most guys, it's going to be three shots. So overall, uh, you know, strong collection of pretty difficult holes. Um, that's why it usually plays pretty tough. We'll see if the changes they make to this tournament this year, whether by growing up the rough or uh, bringing the rough closer to the green is actually going to make a difference. Um where I think it's actually going to make a difference, though, is if you actually look at the forecast right now, uh, it's going to be really windy. I think wind's going to be a factor for the entire tournament. It looks Ooh. like, I think, uh, over the weekend, like consistent 15, 20, 25 mile per hour winds. 
So that's that makes me happy. So I don't think they need to actually do anything to the course. They could have just left it alone and would have been fine. But if this is how they want to try and combat distance, combat guys like a Sam Burns, who basically is a fire hose and he's won twice in a row. You know, if you want to go back to the guys like Adam Hadwin or Paul Casey or, um, you know, those types that typically do well here, you know, your accurate, precise guys instead of your yeah. Sam Burns's, I guess that's one way to do it. So. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Grandi for a second. And I want to link back to what we saw at TBC Sawgrass too. So this is another overseeded golf course. Um, you know, naturally it's Bermuda, but uh, during the winter months, they treat the greens with an overseed and the rough and fairways as well. So the rough and fairways are treated with a ryegrass overseed. Like I just mentioned, the rough is going to be three and three quarters inches this year. It's up from three inches last year. Uh, the greens are overseed with a probably trivialis uh, 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 grass. So uh, here are other golf courses as a reminder of ones that are overseeded. Austin Country Club, which we will talk about next week. We will get the funeral for Austin Country Club. Very sad. So the so it is. We'll talk. Next Sunday, we're probably going to rant a little bit about what happened to uh, match play. Yeah. How we're not happy about that. Uh, TBC Sawgrass, post-2018. Overseeing golf course now. TBC San Antonio. Uh, Harbortown, TBC Louisiana, TBC Scottsdale, PJ West. And actually, one I, I forgot last week, uh, Quail Hollow. Uh, when they played in May, uh, the rough is usually overseeing with ryegrass, and the greens are overseeing with a publisher of the elves. So uh, those are the ones to use for your uh, agronomy. However, if you notice this week, and I maybe I noticed it. I'm, you know, I have a trained eye for this stuff. You saw a lot. You saw a lot of grain and shine in a lot of these yeah. greens. Yep. And what's happening? And I wish you told me this fact. Uh, hey, that it's been really warm. Relative, it's it's a relatively warm winter. I guess. It is, yeah. So what's happening is the bermuda is starting to come out from dormancy. So even though there is a poa trivialis overseed, you know, still on there, and you can see it. Like usually, what how you can tell is like. Like you can see the mowing patterns. It looks like dark light, dark light, mm. just based on how they go back and forth. But you could definitely see the light spots, oh, yeah. the dark spots, the grain. So how much Bermuda is going to be actually, and Tampa is much farther south. I was about to say, Tampa is way warmer than here. So how much overseas is actually going to be in those greens? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I actually, the last couple of years, has had some Bermuda kind of creep back in. Maybe that's why Sam Burns has won this two straight yeah. years. Um, you know, I, I mean, the rye overgrass, you know, we saw it, and we saw it, it, it a little bit at Sawgrass, too. A lot of balls were sinking to the bottom. There was mm-hmm. definitely some Bermuda rough oh, yeah. out there as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I I like I, I think they were looking at uh, one of the mogul mounds. You could see the ryegrass, which is a little shinier than the Bermuda. And then the Bermuda is like a little lighter green. And you can see like clumps of it like right there. So, again, I mean, maybe some mixes of different grasses, which is kind of a mess. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to look at Bermuda and overseeded Poe Trivialis putting performances because I just don't know what the mix is going to be. I mean, honestly, you kind of get similar guys who do well on both anyways. So, I mean, other than like an Adam Hadwin who, or a Corey Connors, and maybe that's why Corey Connors sucked this week is because you know, <laughs> mostly Bermuda and he should have expecting overseed. He's like, Oh, I can't handle Bermuda. I can't, I can't do this. No. Yeah. Maybe other than the fact he just, maybe just sucks. He stinks. So yeah, he also I, stinks. I, I never thought about him. Um, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to try and actually maybe look a little bit at Bermuda putty, like putting stats because I don't know. I don't know how much you know of that's going to be, and it's actually going to be maybe the same situation next week at Austin Country Club. I noticed that last year too, where it seemed like the Bermuda was actually coming out of dormancy, and those greens, while they say they're Poa Trivialis overseed, they may not. 
might actually be Romita. So, so stay I'm tuned. So sad about the bracket. I'm so sad that the match play is going to be going. I don't know why you brought it up tonight. Like it's cause, like I'm I'm so sad. Like that's my fucking. I, I love that fucking event. I know. We'll save as the next week. We'll we'll give a proper funeral and burial to the uh, not just the WGCs, which actually should go away, but to the yeah. match play, which. Should not the match play is what I care about. I don't give, I don't give no fucks about. The I don't call, call it the workday match play. Like no. you don't need the WGC, you know, title to it. So, no. all right, all right. You want to take another break? Yeah, let's do it. Listen, we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. Call. Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And don't forget to go to our YouTube page. Uh, like and subscribe for that. And, uh, yeah, throw us a review on Apple or Spotify uh, as well. It helps us more than you guys know. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Piper golf balls. So up where I live, uh, I'm trying to prepare for golf season, but it keeps snowing. Yeah. Another five <laughs> inches of snow over the weekend. So, uh, but I got to send my clubs over to get regripped. I'm getting new golf balls. And usually I want to gravitate towards a premium ball, but listen, I, I'm a mid handicapper. I'm not good enough to actually maximize the benefit of a pro V one. So why am I throwing away my money on something that, you know, if I lose a sleeve of balls, it's really going to hurt my wallet. Why should I just, you know, I should just go with a ball golf ball like Piper golf, which performs just as well as some of the leading brands. Uh, and they have a line of golf balls that actually suits your game. They actually have a handicap in- index based on what your handicap is to match with, you know, you should be, whether it be in a black ball or a green ball or a blue ball. But their premium balls, that's their gold balls. Those are for a little better players, uh, for your under seven handicappers. Uh, it's a four-piece urethane golf ball, just like a Pro, Pro V1, performs just as well as Pro V1. But what really is going to help you with the gold ball is that it gives you a little extra spin around the green. And that's how I'm going to, you know, lower my scores. Like, let's say I can go to the driving range. I can hit driver, irons, you know, and give myself false confidence of actually being good. And then I can't take <laughs> to the golf course. But where I can actually really de- improve my game is if I actually, you know, have a golf ball that, you know, can actually help me around the green and stop it close to the pin. That's quick to lower your scores. So if you're interested in doing that too, go to piper.golf.golf.ggp and you'll get 10% off your first order using promo code GGP. You can opt to subscribe and receive scheduled shipments of golf balls at a 50% discount, and you get free shipping on any shipments over $50. So go to piper.golf/ggp and start improving your game today. Like it, yeah, dude. I played with them. I told you they felt good, man. Yeah, they felt real good. I mean, maybe Victor Hoblin should should. Should switch to the Piper golf ball. You know? Maybe I told you I it was like legit help. I I really think it helped me around the green. Now listen, it was also like a scramble, so there's no pressure on my chip, right? You know what I mean. So maybe that has something to do with it and my pitch because I know the ringer I'm playing with is going to stick it close anyway. <laughs> so, so I play a little looser. But yeah, I mean, it really did help me around the green. Yeah, always demoralizing playing the charity scramble with a ringer. Yeah. From the standpoint of it actually hit a good shot, you're never going to use never going to get it. It's, yeah. it's just it's just practice for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so let's talk about the different areas of the game for Innisbrook. This is pretty important stuff. So let's talk about off the tee. Uh, if you wouldn't believe it, of all golf courses with these five tournaments since 2015, Copperhead course is the toughest off the green uh, or off the tee. That makes sense. Off the tee. Yeah, that makes sense. Narrow, thick, rough around the, or off the fairways. Trees, Trees everywhere. It takes driver out of your hand a lot. For example. Um, you know, between you know the bottleneck fairways or the dogleds, a lot of guys like to lay back in it. There's no real sense to try and take anything on because you can usually just like the risk isn't worth the reward, and there's really little reward anyways. So, case in point, 
you know, like Sam Burns is, I would consider a pretty aggressive player. Uh, he on 58% of the par fours last year, he pulled less than driver. Um, really? you know, and, and the fact that, you know, take an aggressive guy like Sam Burns and he's not even pulling driver there too. It kind of gives you everything you know about the copyright course. So, and that's why, uh, the copyright course is some of the lowest driving distance rates on PGA tour, uh, on all drives on par fours and par fives, uh, historically, they only average about 276.3 off the tee, which means a lot of guys are using three woods and hybrids and irons essentially to, to lay back. Uh, so only Pebble Beach, Harbor Town, and TBC, TBC Louisiana features shorter uh, average driving distances on the par fours and par fives. Um, like I just mentioned, the very narrow, uh, the, the fairways actually average a little over uh, 28 yards uh, in width, which is the fifth narrowest on the PGA Tour. Now, here's another interesting fact. I left this out of my article because I, I might have to confirm this with my guy GCSAA again. Okay. So they mentioned a, a quip that uh, the fairways average only 22 paces in width. Now, I actually looked this up. A pace is about 0.8 foot, right? yards. So it's, little, it's like a little more than a foot. So it's like two and a half feet. Translating to yards, that's only like yeah. 18 yards. Yeah, that's tight. So I don't actually think they narrowed the fairways to 18 yards. <laughs> but if they that's did, so that's another way to have guys just not hit fairways and struggle. Yeah. So uh, I might ask, I, I don't actually buy it. I think the fairways are going to stay. About 28 yards. That would be really unfair. I might actually pop an email to the guy just to. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I mean, I, maybe the guy just made interchangeably 22 paces, just, you know, thinking they were yards. Because the fairways do narrow at certain places, but like overall, where guys are actually hitting, where dating golf actually measures, about 28 yards. Okay. Um, but even though these are really tough off the tee, you know, you're not gaining as many strokes as you would at other places, there isn't much of a penalty to hitting. Your tee shot in the rough. Uh, players only lose about 0.2 strokes per round uh, from hitting their approach shots uh, from the rough or from the fairway. It's actually the 10th least penal active golf course uh, for tee shots into the rough. It's not necessarily because like the rough isn't punishing. I mean, it's three and inch ryegrass. It's three and three quarters inch ryegrass. Like you don't really want to be there. There's lots of trees. Right. Um, but it actually has more to do with the difficulty of the approach shots. So historically, let's move to Iron Point. So historically, since 2015, uh, the field average for green regulations is only 57.4%. That is very low. It's the fourth rate lowest of all active golf courses on the PGA Tour. Uh, and it also features very tough approach shots. Uh, they feature right. the ninth toughest approach shots on the PGA Tour. More specifically, is the seventh most difficult from under 150 and is the tenth most difficult from over 150. Really? So there's a couple of reasons for this. First, the greens are pretty small. They only average about 5,800 square feet in area. That is below average for PGA Tour standards. Um, and how difficult it can be to hit from three inch to four inch ryegrass rough. Um, I mean, like, you know, the driving accuracy rates are usually around 62%, but kind of like we saw at Sawgrass last week, considering guys sometimes aren't hitting driver as much, 62% is pretty small. So. You know, so if you're hitting from the rough to small targets, it can be pretty tough. Um, but I think the primary reason why it's tough approach shots is because there's a lot of really long approach shots there. You know, I just talked about with the par threes, 80% of them are over 175. So anytime you get longer approach shots, they're going to be tougher. You're not going to hit as many greens as if you would if there was like a lot of wedges. Is Keegan in the field? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's had enough of a good. in his Good. Good. Yeah. Good. That's an argument you didn't mention at the top, by the way. No. No. I mean, we all knew it was going to happen. Okay. 
So I, I, put, I put the approach on distribution chart from last year. There are above average rates in shots from 175 to 200, and then from anything over 225. So the shots over 225, there's a couple of par threes thrown in there. Most of them are the par fives. Uh, the shots, you know, the higher than average shots from 175 to 200, most of them are par threes again. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. So, and this has me kind of thrown through a loop. The par fours, they're not, I already said they're not all that long. And even right. though you're playing positional golf, you're not hitting driver off them, your approach shots aren't all that long there. So, for example, I, t- I took Sam Burns, I took Brian Harmon. I just wanted to see just sort of tournament, like how long they're. Brian for. Harmon, we forgot to talk about what a dick he is. Okay. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about him tomorrow. And, yeah. you know, yeah. Don't uh, let me forget. Brian Harmon is a dick. So, we will talk about that tomorrow. Okay. All right. So, I took a short hitter in Brian Harmon, who is also maybe a jerk. And uh, long hitter Sam Burns, and I compared uh, where their approach distances were, and this actually speaks to two things. First of all, it shows how handcuffed this is off the tee because they basically were hitting their pro-, pro shots from the par fours at about the same distance. In fact, actually, Harmon averaged a little slight or slightly less age green than really? Burns did. It might be just because Harmon's a little more accurate, so he got a little more raw, and Burns is yeah, still rough. But uh, so Burns had a little under one fifty into each green on the par fours. And uh, Harmon had about 147, and only 16% came from over 170. So this has kind of got me in a loop a little bit as far as what I want to look at. Because, sure, like there's a lot of longer approach shots, but most of them are from a tee box. So, and then you have a lot of these par fours are a little shorter in distance. It's got me thinking, too, like how much is this growing up the rough is actually going to impact things? Because, you know, naturally when I think about a tight, Tree-line golf course with narrow fairways, you grow up the rough. Usually, I want to go to why well, I, I want a bomber at that point. Bomber, yeah. But with short, you know, approach shots with the par fours, I don't yeah. think it's going to matter all that much. I think it's going to just play how it usually well, it usually does. does. Yeah. yeah, like and, and three-inch ryegrass rough is still three-inch ryegrass rough. It's not easy. So <laughs> making it three-quarters right. longer. Right. Yeah, is is it going to drive down the green regulation rate? It could, but that was already lower. It was only 57% yeah. already. So I do think scoring is going to be tough. But as far as like changing a profile of a guy I want, I don't think it's going to lead me to say, okay, well, I want longer hitters now. Because it's still kind of right. like last week at CBC Sawgrass where, yeah, it's shorter approach shots, but they didn't make it more difficult to hit the fairways unless they narrowed it. Then if they narrowed it, then maybe I might change my mind. But they didn't make it more difficult to hit fairways. It was more like, all right, can you do this or not? And if you don't, then there's a little more penalty for it, which, as we showed, actually is in the penalty because no one's hitting greens usually. So right. I don't think it's actually make all the difference as far as the changes. Like I mentioned, though, I think the weather is actually going to dictate a little more as far as like how difficult it is. But it's got to be thrown through a loop as far as what I actually want to look at because on one hand, you got a lot of really long approach shots with your you know par threes. On the other hand, with your par fours, which I think is actually more valuable to look at for proximity stats. Um, you know, is what you're doing with your par fours and we're shorter. So I'm mulling over. So uh to be continued. All right, and then around the green. It's actually the copperhead course, it's actually the sixth easiest conditions around the green. Um, more specifically, it's the fifth easiest from the fairway, the 14th easiest from the rough, and 13th easiest from bunkers. Um, the ease of scrambling from the fairway is uh it makes sense. It's kind of like last week or what we saw at CBC Sawgrass. If you're on the apron there, you can putt, putt. from there. Because the ryegrass overseed, you know, um, it makes it a little easier. Um, but they're bringing in the rough closer to the green, so you're not going to have as many opportunities to do that this year. So you're going to see more guys chipping for the rough. And with the rough up this year, 
you know, it's going to be a little more of, you know, a luck situation if you get a really good lie or not from the rough. Um, you know, you're going to draw poor lies just in general with like a rough around the green. So that might change a little bit. Um, I mean, honestly, anytime you have, you know, high rough around greens, it's, it's a crapshoot at that point. Like who has a good lie? Who doesn't? You kind of just yeah. pop the ball under the, from, uh, you know, under the ball, you know, you pop, you pop got the you. bar. You, you, we know what you mean. <laughs> it's been a long weekend for me. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, right. buddy. Oh, no. All right. All right. And, then, and, and then putting. Uh, so the greens are actually pretty tough. You know, Larry Packard actually built himself, even though he's not a household name, built himself a pretty uh, tricky set of greens. So they're the ninth toughest greens to put on at Copperhead. Um, you know, however, though, even though it's ninth, kind of like a sawgrass last week, the difference between, like, the really, really hard ones, most of your polo ones, like your Rivieras or Pebble, this one's actually more closer to like the average PG tour difficulty. So don't get like too caught up with like, Oh, this is nine toughest. Yeah. Close to the average, but they're so difficult though. So they're about average from about under five feet, but from five to 15 feet, it's the seventh most difficult. And then from over 15 feet, it's the 11th most difficult. So his greens, um, you know, they're multi-tiered, they're undulated. They can get pretty slick. If, um, you know, the, it dries out, uh, you know, we're going to see windy conditions this week. Uh, might dry out the greens. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of rain in the forecast, so it might play pretty firm. So these are going to nice. be slippery putts. So that's going to be that wind too. Yeah, with that wind, so it's going to make it pretty difficult. I think the putt from over 15 feet. Not a whole lot of birdie putts are going to be converted, but under five feet, though, usually, you know, it's not that severe. Although if, if there is wind, that's going to make it a little trick, trickier. So um, now again, like I talked about with agronomy. Who knows what the composition is between Bermuda and Oversea this time of year in these greens? So I'm going to look at Bermuda and Oversea the putting performances. Just kind of throw it all in a bucket and see what happens. Yeah. So all right, um, I am going to skip over the uh, variance and scoring. You can read about it. It's there's some interesting yeah. stuff. Basically, high level. It seems like how you putt in this tournament dictates more what your total score is, which is kind of backwards considering how difficult the ball striking tournament is it seems like to me basically all right you got your really good ball strikers and then basically how they put kind of separates them also the fact that just because of how handcuffed you are off the tee everyone's hitting kind of the same place so you're not really diversifying yourself a lot off the tee what i did notice though is that in more difficult years the importance of putting has actually gone down and it's shifted a little more to ball striking around the green performance in easier Years like last two years, potting has been a lot more of a factor with how you did there. So, if it's going to be really difficult scoring conditions, maybe putting might might not matter in tournament all that much. So, and then you look at just guys who typically do well there. No surprise, you know, kind of like what I talked about. You don't need to be long at this place just because of how handcuffed you are off the tee. Typically, guys who hit a lot of fairways tend to do a little better here. Typically, guys who have, are pretty good iron players do a little better here. Typically, guys who are pretty good on the green because of low green regulation rates, they tend to do pretty well here. Uh, craps you a little bit as far as like good putters and bad putters. So, yeah, uh, um, you know, for every Sam Burns and M. Hadwin who have done really good here, they're generally pretty good putters. Paul Casey and Sergio are really good here, and they're really bad putters. So, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. And then if you look at guys who I put a top 10 list of guys who've had the most success at Innisbrook who were in the field this week, here's the top 10. So Sam Burns is number one, two-time defending champion. Number two, Jordan Spieth, also a champion in his past. Justin Thomas has been very good here. 
Uh, Justin Rose is fourth on this list. Luke Donald, when he's a former winner here, when he was good, he was one of the best ball strikers on the planet. Uh, Jonathan Bird, I'm not Bird. really sure what he does well, but I look back at his profile. Apparently, he was a good iron player and he scrambled well. So he kind of fits that profile. Uh, Jason Duffner's always been really good here. Webb Simpson's always been really good here. Uh, Denny McCarthy's been really good here, I think just because he's just an up-and-down wizard. So everybody's missing greens. He's pretty good in this place. And then Stuart Singh, pretty good ball striker. So you don't see a lot of guys who are really reliant on distance, but just a lot of really good quality ball strikers in that list there. And it it doesn't even include a lot of guys who went to live really good at this place. So Paul Casey, Casey, Abraham Answer, Sergio Garcia, Charles Howell III, Louie was really good here. Hamrick Stenson was really good here. Yeah, isn't that, so, it, isn't that? I think that was the first time I made that stupid, like laid like minus two hundred. You did. I think this is here. This that was here. It, yeah, that was like two years and ago. And you got probably punished for it. Oh, I did. I you got, never I got go against right. the Iceman. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I believe although, that. Me. although, uh, basically, his replacement Ludwig. He's in the field this week. Oh, yeah. Yum, treated yummy. you, treated you well. He did. He did. He did. God, he played so good at Bay Hill. He did. Hopefully, he, hopefully he continues. So, you know, you look at those lists of guys, they're all pretty similar, just boring vanilla, good ball strikers. That's really about it. So I don't have anything else. Do you have any uh any other questions? Nah, that's it, man. I'm ready. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> I'm ready to move on. I like this course. It, it is tough. I think Burns is really in a three deep. No. I don't. I I I I I don't think his game right now is. He looks fine this week. Fine is a loose term. Uh, what <laughs> what 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 did Burns do? I don't know. I've looked at this Burns finished thirty fifth. I mean, he did burn things. He gained off the tee, lost with the irons, and gained on and around the green. Yep, that sounds right. That's okay. Sam Burns' profile basically for the last six months. Yeah. So is Webby playing this week? Webb was bad this week. I know he was. I know. Uh, Webb was plus eight. He went, yeah. but he put well. Yeah, he's just but it's good. Good. Yeah. Good. You know what else did bad? Um, what's fun? This is so funny. He's come around to where he is. Aaron Wise. Now I know a lot of it uh, was from what happened in eighteen, but through two rounds, he <laughs> lost six point five strokes to the green and gained one point eight per round putting. Yeah, with his now, if I partner. told you that two years ago, yeah, you would want to drug test me. That was that's fair. <laughs> that's that is, fair. that is, it is bizarre. Well, I told, I told you, I should have emptied the bank account on fucking on the matchup verse wise. Like he's such an easy target now because I do. I think I got plus money, or it was it was either plus money or it was like minus one ten with head. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. The way cash yeah. usually. I mean, you did. I mean, the, oh, I hit it. You, I mean, I hit it. I just should have literally like just unloaded on it. I mean, you hit that. You hit Scotty over Rom because yeah. you had the inside track that uh, Rom's intestines were going to explode. Gonna food yeah, exactly. So, I mean, exactly. listen. I, I as soon as I heard, thought that, I thought of you. Maybe you had a little bit of a hand. You know, you had some inside sources at uh, <laughs> Sawgrass slipping something in his sandwich. My week, pro- my week probably would have been okay if it wasn't for the fucking Bruins. Fucking yeah, for three that's, days that's, in a row. That's non-golf talk, though. No, no, yeah, that's no. on your own time, buddy. <laughs> we talk about other uh, other guys who hit balls with sticks. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. All right. You got anything else? Ball. Nah, that's it. Uh, we do we have anybody? This? We don't have anybody this week, right? Just us? no. We got no guests. Let's. Just, I think we're just gonna keep it just two of us. We got guests next week, though. What's next week? Oh, match. Play. Uh, that's it's match play. 
We got oh, we got Brian. Yeah, we got Brian Kirscher coming on. He's gonna he's gonna help break down the bracket. That that's always a fun show. I love that show. Because listen, like trying to predict match play is a fool's errand. So we kind of yeah. just have fun with it. Throw out bullshit picks and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, I got nothing else. So we'll right. uh, see you tomorrow for DFS. Yep. See you guys tomorrow for DFS. You guys know where to find Steve on our Discord channel. Don't forget to go download the SGPN app, rate, review, go to YouTube, all that good shit. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at box underscore capper. Uh, on to the fucking mouse bar. Let's go.